this doesn't give us explanatory power to have, to be adaptive to rapidly changing climates, does it have value anymore um, instrumentally? Mm-hmm. Intrinsically, always, right? We're smart. We should care about this stuff. But yeah. where I I need to see academia go, right? Literally, I need that because my, my livelihood and survival and that of my kids is as dependent on academia getting right as is yours, Sam, and anybody else watching this. Yeah. I need academia to get climate change right. Right. So that means I need people in religious studies or theology or whatever human humanities discipline or any discipline to get climate change right. Because if we don't, we don't have a lot of time. And, and, and so, right. So so those sorts of debates. Intellectually, sure, they're great. And, and they're, I mean, I got all these books around me that I could pull out that I, I mean, I read like you do. But how is that helping us live on a planet that's two degrees warmer than baseline? It's not right yeah. that I see. and And so. That's that's where I'm I'm saying the academy needs to get going to there, um, yeah. which means we're going to leave a lot of this stuff behind because it, it's just not going to help us survive. Um, right. And and I don't say that to be alarmist. That's just what the data I'm seeing is suggesting strongly, right? Yeah, that's the sad thing is that that's not alarmist. Yeah, um, that's yeah. These are just those and you're dried facts. out. Like you you are dry right now. Yeah, like in real time. This isn't even in the future. I'm two blocks from the Atlantic ocean. Like there's water and roads now that used to be bone dry 20 years ago and 20 years from now, there's only be that much more water. Right. So like, are, are we adaptive in the Academy to, 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 to do this or not? So we have the the highest concentration of the smartest people, I would argue globally in the Academy right now, we're literally at our fingertips, right. At our fingertips, almost any journal or book or YouTube lecture of, of brilliant people we want to get to. And yet all the metrics are still getting worse. Right. I would, I would say we've totally failed and therefore religious studies has failed to offer anything that can help us as animals and places survive what's already here. Yeah. You know, and, and that's sort of what I'm saying in, in the book. Yeah. That brings us to the book really well. I mean, that's uh, you know, the, it's basically divided into two parts, right? There's kind of the theory. And then the second part is these kind of case studies and nice application. But a big part of you explaining the theory is precisely that there is a real material context for academic work, for the performance of religion, and we're not taking that into account. And so you you lay that out very clearly. And that's this, this key point is we can't keep doing theory or academic work the way we used to. Uh, there's something really amazingly terrifying and unprecedented is happening. And if we're not taking that into account, then we're just kind of spinning our wheels. Yeah. I think that's a fair summary of, of what I'm trying to say. Um, and people need not agree with that. Right. I mean, that's why the book is there. Engage it and and get out of it. What might help or criticize it. But right. I, so what, what got me going, Sam was uh, what maybe, so I started the book six or seven years ago. I signed the contract. Hmm. I think it was like 2014, 15 range. Hmm. With Richard Carp, um, oh. who's amazing. I love Richard Carp, and he was the best editor ever. And so, I signed the contracts, and I just sort of come across, uh, you know, the this new materialism, as it's now called. It was right. just starting to percolate out, and I was just enthralled by it. Given my own trajectory, heard yeah. I heard Tim Morton speak at mm-hmm. AR in Baltimore. Uh, maybe that was 2013. That was the same year right. Wendell Berry uh, and Norman Wurzba had that great. Um, 
uh, I showed up like an hour early for that talk to literally get front row seats. Uh, I totally geeked out on that and filmed it. So fun. Um, but I heard Tim Morton talk. I hadn't, I hadn't never come across his work before. And, mm-hmm. and so object oriented, hyper object, all this stuff. So I started reading this stuff. There was this call from Richard's edited series, Bodies and Religion. It's like, well, we're bodies and we have religion. Like, and climate change is here and it's going to totally change our bodies and how we do everything. Yeah. And therefore it's going to change how we do religion. All right, Richard, what about this? And he's like, go for it. And then I had a son. And so that slowed things down. And then I got this QEP that I direct this team of literacy. So I've been doing hardcore admin stuff and sustainability really for the last five years. And that very like literally from scratch. So that just slowed the project down so much, like super back burner. The good thing with that though, Sam is it, it allowed a lot more literature that I really wanted to read that I didn't get much in my PhD. So, you know, queer ecology stuff, um, ecological animisms, especially coming out of the extinction studies group down in Australia, mm-hmm. um, material feminisms, um, Jane Bennett, right? I mean, all that stuff was just coming out right after I finished my PhD, working on my other book, wrapping that up. Right. So there's all this amazing, and that's what I'm, I'm sitting with in the first part of the book, right? The theoretical side of the book is all the people I wanted to read just for my own geekiness as a scholar in this space of like thinking through our, ourselves as bodies, right? Let's get rid of the cogito false trail, right? That's, that's done. Right. Let's, and then let's look at all the climate data and then sort of emerging environmental humanities. Um, there's some uh, energy humanity stuff in there mm-hmm. um, that I bring all together. And, and then I'm like, okay, if all this stuff is, is telling us stuff, which I think it is, well, what does that mean with all the questions today we're asking about religion, where if we talk about bodies at all, it, it ends sort of with us, right? Our bodies are policed on um, their gender. They die, all that stuff. But our bodies are rarely considered as animals, evolved animals in ecosystems that are alive and shift and have material elements, abiotic, biotic, affects and effects on us as animals, right? Our field has n- not chewed on that nugget well at all. Yeah. Maybe some of the people we read and know, but as a whole... Never. And and that's sort of where I'm coming in saying, look, major blinders and we're we're way past um, the shelf data of having to take seriously that we are animals in places that that means we can die. Right. Like maladaptive um, <laughs> evolutionary understanding means 99 percent of all animals have gone extinct and we're going to two degrees and beyond like in the next 20 years if we don't radically change things. Yeah. How are, we're not even talking about that as a field. How are we doing good scholarship then? Right. 